Is there anyone that you might be looking to avoid today? Maybe you're heading into the office and you got that coworker and you're just thinking, I hope my path, my path doesn't cross with this coworker. Or maybe heading to a family function or a party. It's like, I hope I don't run into this person. Jesus goes straight for that person today in John chapter four and strikes up a conversation. Yeah, it's a great chapter. Actually, it comes on the heels of a couple of great chapters. Again, if you didn't read this last weekend, you got to get back and read. John two, that's Jesus's first miracle. You don't want to miss that. John three is his conversation with Nicodemus. We have that uh, yeah. famous verse, yep. verse 16. If you don't know the context of that, you got to read it. But yeah, here on the heels of that conversation with Nicodemus, great passage on being saved, knowing that you're saved. Now we have this conversation yep. with the woman at the well. So, yep. all right, you want to start? Let's do it. So John chapter four, you're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And here we go. Verse one, it says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. And eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Love to go there today. Mm -hmm. But I think that's in the West Bank today. So yeah. It's a little bit difficult to get into. Yeah, and there's some talk about, in fact, uh, you, you love those documentaries, but I, I did see a documentary where it really is believed that they know which well that is, that it's yes. still there. Yeah. And it's incredible. Wild. Yeah. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. So this would have been a time when nobody would come to the well. The yeah. women would come to the well in, early in the morning. When it wasn't so hot, right. and before the day started, and they needed water for the day, so the they day. needed to go right. get it. So there's a, there a line in the morning, but noontime, nobody would be there. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, which would have been weird that she wouldn't go with the other women. And Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, don't you have a rope or a bucket? She said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? You think of verse 13? Sure. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. Of course, we do. And in fact, the other day it was so hot and muggy. I was drinking. I just remember thinking, man, I just drank a whole glass of water and I'm, I'm still thirsty. Yeah. And, and so we all know what that feels like. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. It's so cool the way Jesus goes straight for the human experience because we all know what it's like to go after something thinking, man, if I just get this or if I can only do that or if I have this person in my life, then I'm going to be happy. That's going to make me happy. And we all know that whatever that experience is or whatever it is the thing you want or that relationship that you're looking for, you have it for a little bit, and oh, wait a minute, the, there was a thrill early on, but now it's not so great anymore. And Jesus goes right after that. We've all experienced it. And so he's saying that, hey, this physical thirst quenching, it's so temporary, but I can give you something that will satisfy because it goes to the very heart of why you were created. And I can give you what really matters. Verse 15, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get, get water. 
So I, I do kind of like this whole idea. You have this woman, you know, thinking he's talking about an actual water here. Yeah. And Jesus is saying, I have something that you're not going to make you not thirsty again. I, I do want to just kind of take a time out here and just say, all of us do the same, like the same thing as this woman. Yeah. Is we're always thirsty for something. And, and here we're talking about water, but for some of us, it's like, you're going from job to job. You're going to relationship to relationship. Always thinking like the next thing is going to mm -hmm. quench my thirst. The next thing. When you realize like, man, I'm just drinking salt water. I'm drinking the very thing where I'm just thirsty mm -hmm. again. So Jesus gets to the heart of the matter here, verse 16. Yeah, and that's what, that's really what <laughs> you think it's just a, why would he say, go get your husband? She said, give yeah. me this water. Go get your husband. Yeah. No, he, he wanted to bring up that conversation because he yeah. first of all wants her to see where she's been continually thirsty and yeah. trying to quench it and it's not happening. Yeah, her salt water has been relationships. Mm -hmm. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. You're right, you don't have a husband. For if you had, for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now, you certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? Look, look at the classic change the subject. I don't yep. want to talk about what's going on with me and yep. my thirst and my failures. So let's talk about our differences. Let's come up with something to disagree about. Yep. Uh, so we, while well, we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worship. And now, Jesus, it's just real quick. The context to this is the Samaritans, you know, they were looked down on by the Jews, so they mm -hmm. couldn't go to the temple. So they kind of created this own temple of theirs on a mount. Mount Gerizim is what she says right here. Yeah, it's, a, it's deeper than that, though, because going back into the, the northern ten tribes, and even when they, they were unified, there was a place of worship in Mount Gerizim. Yeah. And then the ten tribes, when there was a divided kingdom, remember the capital city of the ten northern tribes was Samaria, was actually mm -hmm. the city. And so a lot of these, the Samaritans then were the remnants of the northern ten tribes that had intermarried with some of the pagan nations. And so mm -hmm. they did kind of a quasi Yahweh worship, but that was what was condemned by the minor prophets, which we're right. going through in our sermon series. Yeah. This, that this wasn't a pure worship of Yahweh alone. Instead, they did kind of a somewhat of a worship of Yahweh, but plus also other other gods. Anyways, so yeah, that's yeah. the, yeah. but they're claiming, you know, she's claiming oh, this, right. we're doing the right thing because, and of course that's, we all, we, you know, everybody believes that everybody right. says they can point to their history and say, well, this is our historical truth. And, yeah. um, but Jesus said, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. Well, we Jews know all about him for salvation comes through the Jews. You think of how offensive that, idea is today mm -hmm. for jesus to say you samaritans he's broad brushing really mm -hmm. saying you don't you know very little but us jews know a lot about him yeah and christianity is the most inclusive and exclusive philosophical religious body on earth because it's absolutely inclusive in that anyone may come whosoever will may come but it's the most exclusive because it's an absolute claim to truth that is jesus said i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me that's right and that's not our claim. So we're not saying, hey, you can't get in. We're saying, no, you can get in. It's just mm -hmm. got to go in through the door yeah. yep. through Jesus. All right. Uh, he says, but the time is coming in yep. verse 23. In verse 23, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. He's speaking of the time of the church. The Father was looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And that's what God's always cared about. Even when there was a special place, he cared more about the heart. Mm -hmm. And the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. 
When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Yeah. Hmm. We'll pick the story up then tomorrow. Pick up tomorrow. But uh, great story. Disciples come back. Yeah, the disciples come back and they're like uh, a little confused. So it'll be good. That's right. All right, so we are we're going uh, over to Psalm fifty three. You want to look at want to go to verse one? Jim? Yeah, and for today it was Psalm fifty two, fifty three, fifty four. I believe that yep. are on the docket. But we wanted to point out one verse in Psalm fifty three that says is the verse one. It says, "Only fools say in their heart there is no God. They are corrupt and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good." Hmm. You know, in the Hebrew, it's interesting because it uh, can be there is no God or just no God. That literally is just no God. And so a lot of people have applied this to saying it's it's both those that deny the existence of God or simply ignore the Refuse existence to of God. Just, yeah, just he's you just go on living your own life yeah. as though he's not there, or knowing he's there but but rebelling against him, or just saying I don't believe in him. Yeah. But the the result of that is he says their actions are evil. No one does good because the word good, our English word even not just the Hebrew word, but the word good is derived from God. Mm-hmm. All goodness comes from God. Yeah. When you take God out of the picture, it's like it's like I always use the analogy of hot and cold. There's really no such thing as cold. Cold is simply the absence of hot. Yeah. And so what is evil? Evil is the absence of good. It's the absence of God. You take God out of a person, you take God out of a society, mm-hmm. you have no good left over. Yeah. So I think the good, a really good application question for this, I, I just posed this a couple of minutes ago to a, a woman who's in, in my office, just talking about, you know, salvation and doubts that she was mm-hmm. having. And um, I'd asked her, well, not asked her, I said, you know, one thing that I ask myself almost daily is, did I live yesterday different because I'm a follower of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Really where it boils, a lot of just mm-hmm. following Jesus boils down, did I live different because I follow Jesus? And so today, don't be that fool that says no God. But live different today because you are a follower of Jesus. And in such a way, it's going to be obvious to people that you're working with and that you're hanging out with. That's right. All right. Well, make it a good day today. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. God bless. God bless.